All right, Heather, A through Z. Let's go with about a, a K. What about K? K. K is good. Um, K. You know what has been killing it with the box office? Spider-Man? I was just going to say not Disney. Oh. <laughs> not a lot of movies. This has been a very bad summer for movie studios. I'm curious why. I think part of it has to do with the fact is that nothing is a blockbuster anymore. Like everything's a blockbuster. Like everything's that tentpole blockbuster movie. So therefore nothing is. We used to get Mm -hmm. like three or four on a crazy year, five or six blockbusters a month or like a, a summer. Now they're trying to do five or six blockbusters a month. I think that that's true. And I also think that I think the movie business is still reeling from the pandemic and all the effects of it. Not so much the, oh, you can't go or sitting next to each other or anything of those, any of those things. But I think that because of the pandemic, they started doing these things where they were releasing movies and then movies were coming to streaming or they were going to streaming services after a short period of time and stuff like that. And with these movies, these big movies coming out every week, I wonder if families and people are just like, do I want to spend 80 to a hundred dollars every week for these movies? Or do I just want to wait two or three months and then I can just watch it at home? I, I just wonder if that's, having an effect on because it used to be because you know it used to be when a movie would come out it it would be months and months before you saw it before you could watch it at home you know you are you have to wait six months sometimes more before you could rent it or before you could but it just seems like with them i mean there were movies that were coming to that were released on streaming and they were still in the movie theater. Like they hadn't even ended their run in the movie theater and you could already stream and watch them. So I wonder just, you know, with the economy and everything, are people just sort of being a little more choosy about what they're going to see? Like it, it's kind of like it's not a must anymore to go. It's like it's not a, oh, we have to go see this type of deal only with a a few movies have sort of had that feeling about them you know oh i agree it it, because i think now most of the time most streaming services it's like 45 days now before shit's on streaming or on video on demand or where you can rent it digitally yeah and 
I mean, yeah, these movies are 25 or 20, 25 bucks to rent sometimes through Apple or VOD or something like that. But you've got a family of five. You're saving money. You got a family yeah. of three. It's just like you, your significant other and your kid. You're saving money. Even matinee prices for movies, I think, are still like eight or nine bucks a ticket. You know. So, yep. yeah. And now you got 4K TVs and all of this other kind of stuff. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's going to look pretty good on your 4K smart TV. Yeah. And you can control all this different stuff. You can stop at any time. You you don't have to worry about kids crying or people being rude in the theater. You don't have to stand in line for a popcorn, you know, and pay like yeah, just pop six, seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Drink whatever Put you, whatever want, you drink. want on it. Mm-hmm. Put whatever you want on it. Like, what is the draw to these movies, especially when they're coming out like every week? I mean, you had... The fast movie, then you had Spider Man, then a few weeks later you have this one, you have this one. Now we got Indiana Jones, and then a few and more Guardians. weeks we got Yeah, Guardians, and then Mission Impossible is a few weeks. Like, who has the money to go to all of these all the time? I think it's a little easier for us. Weirdly enough, we people like us without kids. Yeah. That that's but we're not gonna make you your money we're not going to make your budget though exactly (laughs) that's you know just single motherfuckers or people going with just a significant other that you know one two tickets maybe you get some friends so it's you know maybe four tickets or whatever but that's not gonna make your money yeah i can go to the movies every weekend I, I mean, I do. Yeah. I don't have kids. I can go at 10 o'clock in the morning. I can go 10 o'clock at night. I can go anytime I want. I can get, you know, I don't give a fuck if I get a popcorn. I guess my popcorn. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, I don't have to worry about like, oh, well, we want this. Well, this kid wants this. There's this. Well, now we got to buy eight drinks instead of, you know, fucking six because my kids don't want to share and all this shit. Like, you know. No, nah, I get whatever beverage I want. I put whatever the fuck my on oh, my popcorn I want. I can do whatever. You know, this past weekend, I went and saw three movies this past weekend. I saw one Friday night, I saw one Saturday, saw one, uh, or I saw one Friday night, Sunday, and Monday morning. I can do that. But like, yeah, your average person can't. Or doesn't want to. Or doesn't want to deal with this shit. And the sad thing is, is the best movie, or of all three movies I watched this weekend, the big must-see movie was the worst one of all of them. (laughs) So, you're now trying to get it to where you're not putting out good enough movies to make people want to do this back to back. You know, you had Mario and Spider-Man come out like what a month or so apart, almost close to that. Mm -hmm. Something like that month, month and a half, something like that. That's fine for movies like that. 
But you also had Guardians in there too. And then you had something like what Elemental come out. But nobody saw that. I mean, you know, like Paramount slash Hasbro took a big, big risk with D&D. Because they spent a lot of money on that movie. And then they shoved it into the worst possible weekend slot they could have. You had John Wick the week the week before and you had Mario the week after. Mm. You put $200 million into your movie and you don't pay attention to what fucking weekend you release it? Yeah. Come on. And it's such a good movie that it deserved more attention. Yeah. And that's the thing is what did you get? You got your diehard D&D people and you got your just I'll go fucking see a movie people. That's all you yeah. ended up getting though. Yeah. And while I'm fine with them making movies for the I'm going to just go see a movie people because that's me. I'll go see these movies. Same. But studios aren't going to want to keep spending $200 million a fucking movie to have them die because they're making movies for me. I'm not going to make your box office. Because yeah. also, I don't rewatch movies in theaters. I don't care how much I love it. I don't watch rewatch movies in theaters. Because why? I know in 45 days your shit's going to be on streaming. Or available for me to buy on Apple. Why the fuck am I going to go back to the theater again to see you? I've got something else to see next weekend. I don't have time to watch you again. On average, I work 55 hours a week. You know, I've actually, since I've started actually living healthier and whatnot like that, I've now got an hour of my day tied up working out and doing exercising and, and, and cooking healthy food. And then on certain days, I've got to mix this podcast or I've got to edit video for this podcast or record this podcast. Then on top of that, there is so much other shit to watch. Why am I going to go back to your movie again? Congratulations. You got the, what, nine bucks from me. You got to spread this shit out. You also, you, yeah. you got to start lessening these budgets too, man. I was about to say, you're going to have to do stuff for cheaper. And and some of these movies, it's surprising what movies have done well. And, and some of them are just less expensive to make, like Megan, for instance. Like Megan did all right. But Megan is, was. Well, that's because it's horror. Horror movies yeah. are cheap. Yeah. You know, it wasn't as expensive. They 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 did a good social media campaign for it. So it kind of had that going for it. Um, and I don't know. People went and saw that. And then it was PG-13. So, you know, kid, kiddos could get up in there, <laughs> you know. And, it, uh, you know, so I don't know. Maybe that that's a movie. I'm not saying this is the blueprint for success, but 
I think more studios need to start doing things for less money. That they need to get less expensive to make these movies. Um, I think that's a thing. And then they 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 just want to see some different ideas. Maybe the nostalgia is. I'm not going to say it's running dry, but we we've had quite a lot of it, and it's just not making the money it used to. Well. Think about this. One of the better movies to come out this year, almost universally so, John Wick Chapter 4. The biggest and craziest John Wick movie to be produced. And that's saying a lot for the John Wick franchise. Cost them $90 million to make. You can make a good movie that's mm-hmm. action-packed. Got your special effects. Yeah. Got all got actors galore. And this one's million. Two hundred million more than that one? Yeah. <laughs> but Indiana Jones cost two hundred million more. And they're like, well, it was it was made during COVID. COVID does make things cost more. You've got sanitation protocols, all of these things you've got to, to account for during the pandemic. So it costs more money. But when I look at John Wick. Being what, 30 or 25 more minutes than this movie? More action packed than this movie? And overall, not even saying anything about the quality of Indiana Jones, but still, a better movie cost $200 million less. Also made during the pandemic. Well, I think about them. Another movie that came out this weekend that I saw was um, Past Lives. And I can't imagine that that was super expensive because it's a lot of a dialogue movie. You know what I mean? Like there's not a whole lot to it, but it's such a fantastic movie. Like you can make really great movies with like barely any any money needed. I mean, not, I wouldn't say barely any, but you don't need $290 million to make a good movie. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes those are the better movies. Like they're, it's like, it's almost like those movies that spend that much want to overcompensate because there's no substance to the movies is what it feels like. Like you, I mean, yeah, you, you can have a movie that's so much less money. That's just significantly storyline better uh, just in general acting better or whatever it is. Like we've seen that a lot of times where the like lower budget movie is better. Yeah. Past lives also only made 6 million this weekend, but yeah, it wasn't super, uh, I guess promoted maybe, but it's also up against, you know, Indiana Jones. So, and a Wes Anderson movie, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's the thing is, it, all right, so it, it had a budget of $50 million, past, or Past Lives did. Um, but really? it's, Really? Yeah. $50 million. 
I guess it surprises me that it's that, not that it's like necessarily close to John Wick level of money, but 50 million versus 90 million, that's just closer than I expected. A lot of it has to do with, there are are lots of scenes shot in Korea. That's true. Like the, yeah, international aspect of it. Honestly, that's most of John Wick's budget. Mm. (laughs) Is they went all over the fucking world. Yeah. Filming that shit. You know, but think about this. In John Wick, they use pneumatic guns. So every single gunshot they do, the muzzle flashes CGI. Every single one of them. So they're CGIing all that shit. Still come in with a $90 million budget. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. That's the thing. You got to get cheaper. You got to make you, you. There are only certain things that you know you can spend a ton of money on, and you're going to get your money back. Mario, you can spend two hundred million dollars making Mario, because you know you're probably going to get five hundred million back worldwide, at least. That's a franchise that can call that. Is Indiana Jones that fr- franchise? Is Elemental that? Is the Ant-Man franchise that? Is the Flash that? And like I said, there's no such thing as a blockbuster anymore. Because everything's a blockbuster. Sucks for Spielberg and Michael Bay. At least Spielberg still ha- like can claim the title of I fucking invented this shit. True. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no shade to Spielberg. I'm just saying like he is known for blockbusters. And if there are no blockbusters, that just kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, you got outpaced. By Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Ooh. Oh, that's got to hurt. Yeah. I just don't know what, like, I don't know, like, I mean, later this month, we've got fucking Barbie and Oppenheimer in one weekend. It's going to make a lot of money that weekend, for sure. Both of those movies will. You know? The weekend after that, you've got Haunted Mansion. You know Disney wants some money off that. They're expecting some money. You've got in two weeks, you've got fucking Mission Impossible. That's four blockbusters still to come out this month. I'm being kind of, I'm being very lenient with Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion still probably cost $150 million. You know? Did, did the last one do well? I'm curious as to Fuck why they no, thought the they needed to did. make another one. Well, I mean, I because th- I thought it was, like, bad. Why are they? And I just was like, why do they keep with this Haunted Mansion? Is somebody just, did somebody Wait, is this a make, sequel or, like, a remake? It's technically a reboot of it. Oh, 
I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, there was an uh, Eddie Murphy one a few years back. Mm-hmm. It's about the same quality of Casper. And no, you fucking millennial fucks. That's not a compliment. I know everybody wants to fucking act like Casper with Christina Ricci. And was it Devin Sawa at the end? It's all fucking great. It's not. It's a shitty fucking movie. I mean, I'm not going to disagree, but I also have a love for that movie because it's my my Halloween go to when I was a kid. <laughs> it's still. But a I get your point. Fucking terrible movie. I get I it. I don't think I ever saw all of it. Well, like, that's because you weren't a young white kid. There. Oh. <laughs> What'd you say, Sterling? It's because he wasn't a white kid. Oh. <laughs> it had all it it had what all the white kids wanted. It had a Christina Ricci and a Devin Sawa. That's there was a nothing good point. There was yeah. nothing else you needed for a white kid in the nineties. You're right. <laughs> I mean, that was like a third of your cast <laughs> you from think that, about that. that movie now and then. Mm-hmm. Which is also another white kid movie, Justin. That's why you didn't know about that one. <laughs> I think that's on our my essentials list, to be honest. It probably is because you were a white girl in the 90s. You loved now and then. Yeah. I wanted to be Christina Ricci when I was younger. Of course, I loved that movie. So double why I loved Casper. See? <laughs> Everyone yeah. wants to think I'm talking shit. I have just been stating nothing but facts. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Yeah. But yeah, like it's that quality of movie. It's just, it was Eddie Murphy and a bunch of bullshit happening. <laughs> and they were just like, hey, you remember this from the ride? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like. Why do they keep on with this haunted mansion? Like, did somebody make a blood covenant that they have to come out every so? I'll they say have this: to do one. What kind of deal was made. <laughs> this one at least has Danny DeVito, Lakeith Stanfield, and Rosario Dawson. Yeah, You're I mean, if you want somebody to make a movie people. better, that's going to be the people you get for it for sure. Yeah. That's why I'm willing to give Haunted Mansion 2023 a shot. You've at least got, like, you've got people I like to watch in yeah. that movie. And Owen Wilson. I don't Owen want to Wilson, like, yep. And while Jared Leto is in, is in it, he's a CGI character, so that's not going to bother me as much because I don't have to see his stupid fucking face. And I don't mind Tiffany Haddish most of the time. You're right, Tiffany Haddish is yeah. in this. So to me, this movie at least looks like they're trying right, to give me something and not just go, hey, guys, you remember the last five kid movies that Eddie Murphy's done because that's what his career transitioned into? <laughs> Here's another one. Plus, back then, they were just trying for another fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. That's all it was. Pirates of the Caribbean was a thing. So they were like, let's do more. We just want to make our rides into movies. So. But I, like I said, I'm, it's, I mean, first and foremost, it's got Lakeith Stanfield in it. It's just going, hey guys, Lakeith Stanfield. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm watching your movie. <laughs> 
And then they're like, yeah, but it's still it's Haunted Mansion. And I'm like, it's still Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, I feel like he's probably the one actor for you that like, it doesn't matter what it is. You're going to watch it. <laughs> he's very much up there. Very much up there. So. I don't, but like outside of that, I'm still like in my head going, why the fuck am I kind of wanting to watch fucking Haunted Mansion? But once again, also, that's the week after Barbie. How many fucking kids are you getting into Haunted Mansion? Yeah. Why isn't Haunted Mansion coming out on like October 1st? Come on. Make it a fucking Disney Halloween movie. Makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Have it be this generation's Hocus Pocus or some shit. I, that, 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 see this, and this just goes back to what I'm saying. It's like, so what the fuck are we doing? And, and by that, I'm like, studios, what are we doing, studios? You're also that same weekend, they've also got another horror movie coming out called like They Live or They Look Out or They Something. I don't know. The poster is just a hand going. Why are we releasing hardcore horror movies in fucking July? You can't at least wait till there's some fucking pumpkin spice shit at a Starbucks. I'm not even trying to talk shit about pumpkin spice shit. I'm just saying, why can't we just have horror shit come out when leaves start changing colors? That just seems slightly more appropriate. And like you will get more bang for your buck, financially speaking. Instead of the overcrowded summer months of movies. All right. You guys ready to move on and actually talk about this movie we've hinted at talking about? (laughs) Yes. Sure. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we are going to talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the movie Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around. And with all that, let's start with the person that said they went on an Indiana Jones-sized marathon of movies. In preparation for this, did all the homework, the required reading, the studying that very few people would actually be willing to do now. Justin, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about Indiana Jones 5, 
in the dial of destiny. Oh, Indy. Well, I mean, if this is going to be the last one, at least it was better than Crystal Skull. I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe marginally. I mean, it probably is. It, it probably is better than the the Crystal Skull. So if you want to call that a victory, I guess you can. <laughs> it is better than that movie. But, um, man, I'm just so, like, in the middle with this movie. Like, there are some things about it that do you that do remind you of some of the magic of Indiana Jones. And then the other half of it is just it just feels kind of routine. It, it just feels like it, it just feels like so much of it is just kind of the standard for what we're used to with the Indiana Jones movies, especially if you're somebody who's followed this series, a lot of the same beats, uh, a lot of the same things happen. They introduce some new characters, which, I mean, which they're, I wouldn't call them bad characters, but I just don't feel like anybody was very impactful. And that that's kind of the unfortunate thing of it. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who plays Elena in this, his goddaughter. Boy, she was trying, man. Like, she was trying. She, she tried was, so fucking hard. She was trying, yeah. boy. She was trying, man. <laughs> and, I, and I appreciate it because, boy, she was The best was thing about trying. the movie, let's be real. She was, she was really, really trying her ass off i felt like <laughs> probably more than if there was an academy award for trying like <laughs> not much she else happened it. but but joe ass was really trying to lift this movie and carry it on your shoulders um yeah and and i mean and we're saying all that she's not the main character it's an indiana jones film but i got to commend her she was if that was an actual Academy Award category. They would just give her the award now and not even wait for the fucking Oscars. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, it's that obvious what's happening. And I mean, she, and so whenever there are moments, there are parts like pretty long parts in the movie or at least extended parts where she's not in it. And the scenes suffer because she's not there. They do. They, they they try to like have these other characters and these other interactions. And some of them are nostalgic. And when you first see an old character, you're like, oh, he's in this or oh, she's in this. And then you're kind of happy to see him. You know, the nostalgia hits you and you're happy to see him. And then you're like, all right, what are we going to do? And we kind of do nothing. And then it goes on to the next scene. See. The funny thing about what you said, Justin, is I 100% agree with what you said. But when you're someone that is rather unaffected by nostalgia, holy fuck, it makes it worse. I bet. Yeah, I bet. 
Cause then, cause then you didn't feel anything when they when they first appear, and then you don't feel anything throughout. And that's sort of it. It's just the movie um, becomes just like it's it's like the movie steam grinds to a fucking halt, just waiting mm. for Phoebe Waller Bridge to come back on the screen. Yeah, yeah, because r- really she was just like one of the. Sh- she was definitely one of the shining lights, one of the bright things about the film. And I mean, Harrison Ford, he's not bad. I mean, he, he plays the the character and everything like that, but I don't know. You just kind of feel that you, you just start to wonder how much of this is just, is just obligation or he feels like, okay, I got, you know, I got paid. So here we are and we're going to do it. You know, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just wonder how I didn't feel that the performance was spirited. I mean, he could probably just do Indiana Jones in his sleep at this point. You know, he's done the character so much and he's done it for years and he knows his character like the back of his hand. So uh, so you get glimpses of the wise crack in the the Indiana Jones is a very swagger character L- like he's got a certain swagger to him and that really carries a lot of the older movies and this one it felt like it got caught in between he couldn't be his real swagger self because we were also trying to say this thing about him being old and the movie just had to constantly remind us that he's old. So, like, that's a thing. But it was weird because it would be reminding us he's old, he's old, he's old, and then we get to these action scenes, and it's like, but he's still Indiana Jones? And I don't know, that was just a weird contrast for me. Like, is he old and he can't do it, or... Is he Indiana Jones? So he can. I don't know. I felt like the movie had a weird balance problem with that. Like it wanted to reflect on his mortality and say that, you know, he's beyond his years and this, that, and the other. It was like the movie wanted to do that, but then it also wanted to be like, but he's awesome and he's Indiana Jones. And I felt like if maybe if we would have picked a lane, it probably would have been better. You know, if you want to concentrate on his mortality and the fact that he's older and everything like that, then I wish that in the action sequences and stuff, you saw that affecting Kim or you saw like, I wish I just wish that they had picked more of a focus with that. It felt like the movie wanted to have its cake and eat it too. You know, we, 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 we wanted indie when we needed indie, but then we want to be an old man when we needed him to be an old man. I just didn't, I just felt like there was a issue there with the narrative balance of that. Uh, and then overall, when it ends, the, there's a scene and the scene, and they attempt to have this heartfelt moment and it's a callback to the first film. And it's weird because like I'm watching it and, and the actors are doing the the best job they can. But all I could think is I know what you're trying to do movie. I know what you're trying to do. 
and I'm not going to fall for it. I know what you're doing. You're doing that callback, and and this is supposed to be cute, and I'm supposed to care and everything like that, but this character wasn't in the movie enough, and you can't make me care at just the last scene, like, all of a sudden. Like, uh, you you can't do that. You You can't just pull a scene of old and go, well, because it's nostalgia, you care. And I think this movie totally does that at the end. And it just didn't quite work for me. So I wasn't feeling that either. So yeah, all in all, I just really think it's just a mixed bag. I don't think it's terribly made. I don't think it's necessarily a bad film. I do think it's better than Crystal Skull, but man, the magic just wasn't there. It, it, it just wasn't. So I'm watching a, an okay movie, a serviceable movie, but the magic of Indiana Jones was just not there. It just wasn't. So if this is the last one, I mean, it, it really should be. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see another attempt at this. You know, I think, it might just be time to leave it where it lay at, at this point. And it is laying. It is not soaring because it is not making that box office money. So, eh, I don't know. Uh, it, it really did feel like we were putting a dog out of its misery or putting something out to pasture more than it felt like a celebration of this character and uh, and us just kind of experiencing the magic one last time. Unfortunately, it didn't feel like that to me. And some motorcycle decided to rev up. I'm sorry about that. They were just reenacting all the lovely motorcycle scenes from this movie. Uh, Heather, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you said that about Phoebe Waller-Bridge because I was feeling the exact same way where, I don't know, and it's been a while since I've seen the other Indiana Jones movies, but in this movie, it kind of felt like Indy had not really much personality. And I don't know if that's just compared to Phoebe Waller-Bridge or if that's just, if I, I don't know if that was a character choice for him because, you know, he's old and he's, you know, that's the whole thing that they're playing into a lot. Or if it was just, you know, phoning in a performance. I honestly don't know, <laughs> like at this point. Um, like you said, I mean, Harrison Ford is fine. You know, I do feel like this is definitely one of those like fan service type of movies where just a lot of people um, wanted him back for it. Or, you know, somebody just kind of pitched the idea of like, hey, would you do another one? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it just was more of a, it, it wasn't needed. <laughs> like there was no part of me that was ever like, I need another Indiana Jones movie. You know what I mean? So I feel like it was just, I don't know. It felt like a lot of people just asked for it to come back just because they wanted Harrison Ford back as Indiana Jones for whatever reason. Now that he, even though now he's like 80 or however old he is, but, um, I don't know. I just, I feel like he didn't, yeah, the, the swagger that you talk about that he had in these other films, like I didn't really get that from him in this movie, you know? Um, yeah. And 
Phoebe Waller-Bridge was the only person that felt like had a personality in this movie. Um, the little boy was fine too, I guess. Like her dynamic with the little boy was fine. But um, yeah, I, I just, I, I feel like it was a, it was, it was okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, again, it was, it wasn't a poorly made movie, you know, like they had some, like the scenery was really beautiful and the action was pretty good. You know, like the action scenes and what they do with it, it was pretty good. Um, and they, I do feel like it had the overall general feel of an Indiana Jones movie. Um, even some of those scenes, you know, that they have in the movie are very like, his reactions to some of the things going on around him are very Indiana Jones like right before he gets into some action, but it's just not anything to say. Like, I'm so glad that they brought this movie back because this is the greatest Indiana Jones movie and adventure of all time. So it, yeah, it was just lacking in a lot of ways for me. Um, the storyline was okay, but again, like, I, it's one of those where you, when you've seen what Indiana Jones can be and then you get this, you're, it's just kind of disappointing in a way, I suppose. But again, like, honestly, my biggest takeaway is I just kind of wish that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was in more Indiana Jones movies. Like, <laughs> I feel like she was just, you know, and if they reboot it or they try to carry it on in some way, make her the lead. I am completely fine with that. I could sit through probably a franchise of movies with her doing adventures like this. I'd be fine with that. That'd be cool, cool with me, you know? Um, Mads Mikkelsen is good too. Um, I, I think that he's never not good, um, especially if he's a villain. <laughs> so he's just a, he's a great actor and he did what he needed to do in this movie. I would say pretty much. Um, yeah, I, it's one of those where I just, I don't know. Like if this was one of the only blockbusters that was coming out, like we were talking about earlier, I might feel a little bit more like, okay, yeah, sure. That was the blockbuster movie. I get it. But because there are so many other contenders for that now, so many other contenders that were better movies, it just feels like this falls flat even more. And it feels like it's going to be a movie that nobody's going to remember the summer that Indiana Jones, you know, 2023 came out. <laughs> Nobody's going to have this on their radar after, you know, a month or two from now. And that's what it is, unfortunately. So decent action. Um, I do like the new characters brought in, but overall it's just really an okay movie for me. This movie has two shining lights. It's got Phoebe Waller-Bridges, and it's got Mads Mikkelsen. Outside of that, this this movie just has some people in it, and it's got a man that is a little too old to play the character that they want. He's a little too old to give the character that the fans want. even when the movie's about being too old to do it. He still feels too old to be that character too. And they try so hard to de-age him in scenes. And they try so hard to 
obviously have stunt doubles being the character and it not be him because they try so hard to not have his face in the screen when he's doing some of the crazier shit. But the problem is, is you feel it. You see it. And at a certain point, you don't feel the magic. But this movie wants to tell you there's magic. Oh, it'll tell you the whole movie. There's magic. It'll go, hey, guys, you remember the the magic from the other movies? You remember that? That's this movie. We're not we're not going to show you that stuff, but hey, but remember the magic from the other movies? Like still like that's this movie, too, guys. But we won't do it. I mean, this movie is just like one really long chase sequence. It's just chase sequences over and over again. And then you get to the end of this movie. And fuck that felt a little dumb. Like when you get to the end of this movie, I'm like, we're doing that. You didn't learn anything from the fucking aliens that were not aliens. They were interdimensional beings from crystal skull. Did we not learn that lesson? Look at any of the endings from the first three. And then look at the endings of the last two. And you'll see a common denominator there of why three of these movies are considered classics and two of them are not. And to me, it seems so obvious. But apparently no one at Lucasfilm, no one at Disney, no one fucking anywhere when these movies were being made could see this shit it's crazy it's disappointing it's a chore and on top of that they added 20 minutes to this movie over any of the other Indiana Jones movies they add like an additional like 20 or 25 minutes to this movie And I think that's just to make up for the fact that everything about this movie is slow. They had to add 25 minutes to every chase scene, to every this, to every that, just because Harrison Ford is a slow man. (laughs) And and, and like we stated earlier, if if Phoebe Waller-Bridges is not on the screen... This movie's momentum grinds to a halt. Just grinds. And on top of that, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. I don't care. The entire, what, first 25, 30 minutes of this movie is with a de-aged fucking Harrison Ford. This movie somehow cost $290 million. They did not put enough of that budget into those scenes. There's one scene in particular where he gets up on top of the train and he's just running. And it's very early on in the scene. And they kind of like do this, this 
backing, like it's panning back while they do it. And it's from a distance. And at a certain point, that computerized Indiana Jones that's running on top of the train looks like a damn modern version of fucking Pitfall. (laughs) It looks terrible. It is not moving like humans move. And that is supposed to be your main character. And it's just so awkward, too, when he's the only character that's de-aged in any of those scenes. What, what What's the other guy's name? Toby something? Toby Mick. He's in every fucking movie ever. Jones, I think. Yeah, Toby Jones. Yeah, Toby Jones. He's not de-aged in that fucking scene. Mads Mikkelsen isn't de-aged in that scene. None of the other Nazis are de-aged in that scene. You just got this one fucking... Halloween mask looking wearing motherfucker that's just surrounded by fucking people. And it looks kind of bad. And it's so much of the beginning of the movie. It goes so long of it just being de-aged and shit. Now there's another time in the movie they do another de-aged sequence. And I don't feel like that one's as bad. Man, Mm-mm-mm. I still don't know where they spent two hundred ninety million dollars on this movie. I don't know. Yeah, I've been trying to figure that out too. It, it can't be in any of the chase sequences. So many of those look like they're straight out of the nineteen fifties, where it's like a car on a treadmill with like a screen passing behind it. <laughs> Like, that's what these chase sequences looked like. It looked bad. Really bad at times. And then there are times it looks kind of okay. And then there are times they go out of their way to make the scene so dark and dimly lit that it is just almost impossible to see anything happening just because they're hiding a mess of fucking CGI. And whilst doing so, still going, hey, guys, hey, hey, remember the first three movies? This kind of reminds us of the first three movies. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We don't want to actually create something memorable with our movie. We just want to remind you of things that are memorable from other movies. I mean, this felt like a worse version of that Ghostbusters movie I didn't like. It was just wink, wink, nudge, nudge, remember Ghostbusters 1. Right. Man, that scene, there's a scene with fucking bugs in this movie. Mm -hmm. And they're just crawling on people. And all that scene does is go, hey, guys, you remember in Temple of Doom when we did this shit? We're going to do it again. You remember that from Temple of Doom? Oh my God. Wasn't Temple of Doom so great? And it's because of this scene that we are going to recreate in this. Except our bugs are going to make weird noises. I don't know what it is about movies. Why do they think that spiders need to scream? (laughs) 
<laughs> it's funny because like I was looking up the different scores for the franchise on Rotten Tomatoes and Crystal Skull has the same score as Temple of Doom. That does not surprise me. Really? When Crystal Skull came out, it was getting a lot of positive reviews when it first came out. And I think it's one of those movies that when you sat with it and you thought about it and you weren't like five minutes removed from the movie, you're like, we sunk in. No, that, that, that was a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, Crystal Skull is definitely like the lowest uh, audience score for sure by a, by a long, long mile. Yeah, it's just because when you first saw it, I think like reviewers, everybody, you were kind of just wrapped up in the magic. It's a lot like Phantom Menace in that regard. Mm. Phantom it's Menace like, got great reviews when it happened. And then afterwards, people were like, you know, that, well, no, that wasn't really a thing. And I think nowadays, as much as people are so starved for nostalgia, which I don't know how they can be, every other fucking movie out there is a nostalgia bomb at this point. But people are still so starved for nostalgia that even then, sometimes these movies just kind of, they have to make you harken back to something. And this movie just goes, hey, remember that shit. It doesn't go, hey, remember how you felt watching that shit. And I think that that's what ends up creating that big disconnect. It just goes, remember this shit, not remember how you felt with this shit. And that causes the the the, the dissidence with it. Uh, recommendations and scores? Yep. Yep. Recommendations and score. Uh, Heather, go. Um, this is tricky because personally for me, as somebody who, not saying that I disliked the original Indiana Jones movies, but I wasn't as enthralled with them as um, a lot of other people that I know. So for me this isn't something that I would be like, I have to go see this movie if it's up to just me. Right. But, um, I can see if people are a fan of the franchise, I could see how they would be excited for this movie. And I could see part points of why they would like this movie. It's not quite for me. Um, again, it does have some like fun action and things like that in it. But um, it also is just, it's too long. I think it's too long. It's its very slow at points. Um, it lingers a lot in some areas and I don't think it needs to do that. So um, I yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, definitely, I would say it's at least worth a watch once if for nothing else for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. But yeah. Um, uh, let me see. What am I going to give this? I guess I'll give it like, I don't know, like a 68. Um, 
wanting to hang out with Archimedes in the past out of 100? That was a choice. Justin, what about you? <laughs> Indeed, it was a choice. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in a similar camp with you, Heather. I'm not going to say don't see it. I'm, I'm, it's not bad enough for me to say don't go see it. But, but you know, but if you've got some spare time and you're an Indiana Jones fan, I mean, I guess, you know, go see it. It's all right. Like you said, some of the, the action sequences, they're okay. Nothing spellbounding. Nothing like, oh, man, this is so much. I'm having so much fun right now. Nothing like that. But you're just like, all right, <laughs> cool. <laughs> On to the next one. And and that's just, and you just, and I mean, it's, and like we said, it's it's passable. It's serviceable. But, man, you just feel like Indiana Jones should just be more than that. And it's unfortunately that it couldn't be more than that. But maybe, I don't know, what was I expecting? I mean, Harrison Ford is 80 years old. I mean, unless it was all de-aged and all just CGI, that there was no way that he was going to move and walk and talk and act and be like the Indiana Jones of old. So maybe it was just unrealistic to even assume it could be that. But I guess maybe I didn't expect those things, but I was expecting a better goodbye for the character. And I don't really feel like I got that either. And that's disappointing. I didn't get the best. I got a goodbye, but I didn't really get what I thought was a great one. And I just feel like the character is so great. He's so iconic. I mean, I love this character. I think he's he is one of my favorite fictional characters. I mean, I think he's an awesome character. So it just sucks that the 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 swan song that I got did not match. It didn't make me feel like anything I wanted to feel watching this. I wanted to feel like, oh, man, this is, you know, maybe I wanted to feel sad or maybe I wanted to feel like, oh, man, you know, this is a heartfelt goodbye. And it was just kind of a goodbye, you know. It's like when a person goes by and leaves the house and it's like, well, that was kind of uneventful. You know, and, and maybe and then you don't see him for months or something. And you're like, man, I wish we could have had a better goodbye than that, because that was kind of uneventful. <laughs> like the visitor the that comes that you're like excited to see. And then you're just kind of like, well, this was boring. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a better way to put it. Like, yeah, it's like that person or like that or that friend or that family member that you haven't seen in forever. And you think that when they visit or when you're in front of each other, that it's going to be like l- l- like time never passed and y'all are just going to pick up where you left off and you don't, you're different now. It's a little awkward and you're trying and you're, and you're trying to make it work and you have kind of some fun moments, 
but it's not what it used to be. And at the end, you both say goodbye and you're like, this is not what it used to be. I think that is ultimately a microcosm for how I felt watching this. It's not bad enough to not recommend, but could you wait to see this? Of course you can. Could you wait your 45 days like we've been talking about and not spend all your money watching it? Yeah, you probably can. I don't know. This might be a generous score because I'm an Indiana Jones fan. And and there were some people in it I liked. I mean, I think that we, we all said it. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge is really good in this. So, eh, 64. Sixty-four, heartwarming, touching romantic scenes that just really aren't (laughs) out of a hundred. I like the I like what Justin said. If you're an Indiana Jones fan. You got a little bit of time. Go watch one of the other ones. Because <laughs> this one is so much longer. And so much more unnecessary. <laughs> I mean, to me, this is like a goodbye from someone that you were best friends with in third grade. But you're both in your late 30s now. And have not talked since third grade. And you just like run into each other at Starbucks or something. And you're just like, okay, bye. And you go the fuck on with your life. Just wait till this is on Disney Plus in like two weeks. I don't even think it's going to be 45 days. Two, three weeks, it'll be on Disney Plus. Watch it then. Don't waste your fucking time in a theater. This is not a theater movie. Unless you love being surrounded by people that are old. My theater, when I went to see this, was 95% geriatric patients. And terrible because of that. Like the entire theater had like the slight like a slight whiff of like popcorn and bengay. <laughs> the old couple next to me, there's some scenes that take place in I don't know, like Sicily or some shit. And they're sitting there talking to each other during the movie. Cause I think they had gone to Sicily recently. And they're like, Oh, do you remember when we went there? Remember when we went there? I was like, oh, you no. both went there. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Do you both not recognize where you went earlier this year? Fuck, it was terrible. And then the movie was there too. Just not helping. (laughs) Yeah, just wait. I, I can't recommend seeing this in theater. Just wait. It'll be on Disney Plus soon. It'll be just as boring on Disney Plus. I'll be just as long on Disney Plus. 
Uh, I give it 45. Why the fuck was Antonio Banderas in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Out of 100. They just had this man in this movie playing a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a waste of Antonio Banderas, basically. There were points, though, when he sounded exactly like Puss in Boots. <laughs> yeah. There were a couple of lines he said where I was like, he's he's practicing, I think, for the movie he wants to be in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he was just, he was the most motherfuckeriest motherfucker that motherfuckered on a screen. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way to describe him. He played a motherfucker. That's it. <laughs> that's what he was. It just Person number three on a boat. just this random person. <laughs> Diver number two. <laughs> <laughs> he just was a person just so I really random. expected more from that reveal too of him just like <laughs> like oh it's Antonio Banderas here he is I and thought yeah, he was going to play nothing. a pivotal role for the rest of the movie nope. just too. he's on that screen for another 10 more minutes eight of that is underwater in a CGI diver suit Barely even him. Maybe there's like an extended version where he has more time. <laughs> there, It's impossible for there to be an extended version of this movie. <laughs> like, what could you possibly <laughs> add to make this movie longer? I mean, fuck, I felt like I needed the Holy Grail when this movie ended to youthify myself. Uh, Cinna score for this movie is a uh, 59. Okay. Almost got the big six. So almost but not in my damn house. Wait, so then what did you give it? 45. 45. Okay. Yeah. And it's 59 exact too. It's not even 59 in its decibel points and I'm rounding down or anything. No. It's straight 59. Okay. Spoilers? Yeah. Yep. Spoilers! I think with spoilers, I think we have to just start at the ending of this movie where they decide to go back and visit the the Greek age of Archimedes or Roman age of Archimedes, whatever the fuck it was with Archimedes and meet Archimedes and Indiana Jones being like, I'm just going to stay. Right. <laughs> was that not the most anticlimactic fucking thing you ever witnessed? Like the villains die in like what? some flames and shit. And then he, they're just kind of hanging with Archimedes for a little bit. Like that's the end of this movie. Yeah. That's the penultimate scene. That's where the culmination of all the events of this movie is just some motherfucker standing around. And that's it. 
the fuck was that? Dumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it goes it goes to Indiana Jones's apartment. And you get Marion again. And he kisses her on the elbow and on the shoulder. And then goes to a John Williams theme as the movie ends. The fuck is this movie? (laughs) Like those scenes felt so weird. And like, I get it. Cause you know, Indy was saying throughout the movie that Marion wasn't able to recover from Mutt dying. And it turns out it was actually him the whole time. He's the one that didn't recover. But now he's back. Back to do what? What the fuck is this guy going to be doing? Like, back to what? He wasn't, he wasn't himself in this. He wasn't back to being Indy in this. He was just... He was Indy's dad. But the problem was is you didn't have Indy. Phoebe Waller-Bridge was trying. And it's no offense to her, but she was not Indiana Jones. So this movie was the last crusade without Indiana Jones. And that's not the same movie. Uh, Let me touch on a couple other things. God, they wanted that kid to be short round so bad. They they wanted him to be short round so bad. And you know what he wasn't? Short round. Nope. They wanted that scene with the eels to be that snake pit scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark so bad. You know what that scene wasn't? Anything. Could you see what the fuck was going on in that scene at all? Very hard to see. Dude, that shit was lit with a 1932 flashlight. (laughs) And it's just a bunch of eels. Which also, once again, fuck this movie when they were like, oh, there's eels. Because they were like, hey guys, they're eels. You know. Sea snakes. Get it? Indiana Jones and snakes. The fuck was that? And then it's just a bunch of shit. It's just a bunch of eels swimming back and forth on the screen. And I'm like, you're sitting here telling me he didn't actually get bit once? It showed eels biting shit like 97 times. Apparently none of the eels bit him once though. I can't tell you what they actually did bite, though, because you visually could not see it on the screen. So, what, there was that scene where they were, he was on the horse being chased by a motorcycle through, well, whatever fucking city they were in. What city was that? I don't know. No one knows. Mm -mm. John Q. City, America. (laughs) 
John Wick did that better. Yeah. In half the time, too. Mm-hmm. That scene was what? Four hours? <laughs> uh, that alone was like 50% of the movie, yeah. Yeah, that was the middle four hours. The other four hours was that chase scene in that weird little fucking jalopy car. That was the other four hours. And then they tagged on, you know, two hours at the beginning on that train and then two hours at the end dealing with eels. I the time management of this movie was all over the place. Like that, that's it. That's this whole movie. And it's done. You know, they had, what's his name? Uh, oh, actor from the other movies. Is it Reese Darby's? No. That's a New Zealander. Come on, what's the other guy's oh, name? I know you're talking about. Yes. John Reese Davies. Yes. Yeah. There you go. I had to remember too. I was like, I'm there's like so many like three three person names that I was like going through my head. Yes, he Sala. was. <laughs> yes, he was in this movie going. I miss adventure. And he goes, this ain't adventure. And he goes, all right, cool. I'm going yeah. to piece the fuck out of this movie until the end when I'm going to go, hey, guys, let's get some ice cream. He came in and delivered that line like that was a fucking character trait for his character for the whole series. Like anytime some shit went down into Indiana Jones movies, he was like, hey, guys, let's get some ice cream. Just what the fuck? But like, is, that's the whole thing of this movie. It's just people being in scenes. Why? Like, are you telling me there's like, they introduced new characters and kept old characters, but then still felt like they've mismanaged every single time they did it. Like, you know, Tobothy Jones. Like, he's a fine actor. He's been in 97,000 movies this year alone. He's in this movie for three minutes. Vitally important character, though. Antonio Banderas acting like he was in fucking Indiana Jones 1 with his importance to this movie when they introduced him. They're like, oh, hey, look, Antonio Banderas. Oh, friend of mine. Yeah. yeah. On screen for 30.2 seconds. Just like, fuck. And all this shit. And over a dial? Like, that also felt weirdly anticlimactic. Because, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? It's the Ark of the Covenant. Shit that's just known. I mean, Temple of Doom's its own thing. And then you get the Last Crusade. They're going after the motherfucking Holy Grail. Even in the Crystal Skull, there's what? There's been no less than 800 shitty little shows on the Discovery Channel about the Crystal Skulls. 
And then this, they're like the, the, the Anthony Cartwright or whatever the fuck that thing was called. Acting like that is just something people fucking know. This movie was trying to be edutainment like a motherfucker. Like, hey guys, not only are you going to be entertained by Indiana Jones, we are also going to teach you all about Archimedes. But then also still not teach you shit. Just like, fuck, man. Like, it tried to end up being a three-hour version of the fucking Indiana Jones kids TV show. It was on, like, PBS or some shit that he also fought Dracula on. Yeah, there is an episode of that where he goes up against Dracula. Uh, that's a thing. Wow. Sure. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a better movie? Indiana yeah, Jones. And you would Indiana. help. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Tomb of Dracula. Fuck yeah, let's see Indy fight some fucking Dracula. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Indiana Jones and the Wheel of fucking Archimedes. But like, why they were running around saying the name of that thing like they were just saying a teacup or something. Like it was just a word people knew. No one knew that fucking word. I highly think that that word did not exist before this movie. And they were just, it it really felt like fucking Mean Girls. Like they were just trying to make it a thing. The whole movie. And the, the audience, in my own feeling, I'm just like, quit trying to make it a thing. It's not a thing. And they were trying. I mean, just, I don't know, too much of this movie, though. I'm sitting there fucking bored out of my fucking mind. And I, I at no point felt any of the feelings I had watching an old Indiana Jones movie. And I mean, this is the year of our Lord, 2023. I should not be wishing I was watching a shitty, slightly racist white savior movie from 1984. But fuck, I wish I was. It's at least more entertaining than this. My cat says it better than me. Yeah. Justin, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, I get a lot of that stuff. Um, The opening scene was... I mean, the setup and everything, the action sequence on top of a train, like you feel like all of that was, you know, it felt like their heart was in the right place with the way it started. Like they were trying to establish what this thing is. And and normally in the Indiana Jones movies, you have a scene like that where it's kind of establishing some memory or something with this item that is going to kind of be the basis for what we're doing in the movie. So I understood why they had the scene, but it was a little weird that it was that long. I thought, you know, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be like a quick 
kind of memory thing. We're going to be here for just a little bit and then the movie's going to begin. But then the scene just kind of kept going and it was this big chase. And then we were, on, you know, we were on top of the train and then we weren't. And then we were like, it just, it felt like it did overstay its welcome. I think if they could have made that shorter and it would have been a little quicker and it would have just been like, wow, that was that thing that happened in the past. Maybe I would have liked it more, but it just felt like it overstayed its welcome a little bit. And, and we've talked before about movies doing that, certain scenes doing that. And I think that that was one of them. I just think that really would have benefited from being shorter. But I think they 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 went too extravagant with it. I think that it was just, if it was just a little simpler and like, you know what, we've got bigger action scenes later. So this one can just be kind of a little, a small thing, but you know, it kind of gave you those nostalgic feelings with him uh, dressing up as a Nazi and trying to get through, you know, it had, and then they get captured. He's got to get out of it. You know, it had all of that stuff. Hold on. That was such a weird line. It gave you all those nostalgic feelings of him dressing up like a Nazi. <laughs> I get what you're saying. You're not wrong. But just the hearing that phrase, out loud, though. is that weird to say out loud? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, all those great, he's a Nazi feelings. Yep, all those great nostalgic feelings of him dressing up as a Nazi. <laughs> it's like I said, you're not wrong. It's just a weird phrase. Yeah, it does sound wrong in some way saying it, but that is very much Indiana Jones. You know, that, that that's some shit he be doing. So Yeah, you're not I telling pre- me why. So it's starting off that way, like I understood why. Like I understood what the director was trying to do. I understand what that was. That was like uh an ode back to some of those adventures with the Nazis. Um, But yeah, I I just think maybe if that was just a tidbit, if that was just the appetizer before we get to some more meaty stuff, if they had treated it more like that, more than, oh, it's got to be this big extravagant scene and we got to do all of this stuff. I I don't know. I I think maybe that was the mistake there. Um, And yeah, just as you're going through this movie, it's just apparent that Harrison Ford just, you know, and I hate to keep harking on his age, but I think it was a factor here. I don't think he could put in, he just didn't have the same kind of swagger. He just didn't have the the same kind of emphasis, emphasis and the same kind of, charisma that he could attack this role with in the older movies. I just didn't feel that attack here or, and and maybe he was trying, but maybe this is just the best he could do at this age. You know, I mean, I can't, um, which is, is commendable that he tried, but unfortunately he just couldn't reach that height that we're used to. And maybe it would have been smarter for the movie to maybe try to reach something else, but it doesn't quite do that either. You know, maybe if it's sort of, 
if the old Indiana Jones is sort of this, if maybe if there was something about him that we didn't expect or something that felt like, oh, I could see Indy becoming this kind of person or something like that. Maybe if they had gone the other way with it, like I said, and just leaned into the old Indy, but they didn't. They sort of, like I said, they sort of do this thing where it's like when the action gets fast paced, he's just going to be quote unquote, the same Indiana Jones. He's going to be able to get away from bullets and he's going to be able to do um, and think on his feet. He's going to be able to escape the, the perilous situation. But I don't know. I felt like maybe a different approach might've helped this a little bit more. If he wasn't the same, if he didn't approach things the same way, Maybe if he was using his brain a little more and just not punching everything. I don't know. I feel like maybe if they had leaned more into the fact that he can't do it the same way anymore. So he's changing what he's doing, but in the but but he's doing it like in a smarter, kind of veteran Indiana Jones way. Maybe I would have appreciated it more and we could have seen sort of some action sequences that capture your imagination more. But, excuse me, it felt kind of insulting that they were just like, yep, he's doing all the same action scenes. He's jumping off of shelves and he's being hit by people two times his size and he's just okay or there's just a trickle of blood. You know, I don't know. I think if we had leaned a little more into this old thing, and you you would have gotten if you would have got me to care and be like, don't hit that old man like that. I don't know. I think maybe it would have been better. I think it would. The scenes would have felt a little more volatile. It would have felt a little more dangerous. But. I think they felt like they just were like, nope, you want to see the same Indiana Jones that you've seen in the other movies, but. I know he's not the same, so change him up a little bit. I, I think maybe that would have served this movie better um, because it's what I was seeing, even though, yes, it had the same dressing and Harrison Ford was talking the same kind of way that he normally does, and he was being Indiana Jones, but I just felt like, would this man be Indiana Jones still? Would he just be the same guys still like I don't know so I think maybe that there was something there that they should have tried to explore with this movie um and I mean we've all said it and I'll just say it again one more time but yeah Phoebe Waller-Bridge I just think that that was like so that th- th- that was a very interesting character that they brought to this like her reasoning for why she was trying to make contact with Jones, the the whole purpose of this adventure and sort of her reasoning for why she was doing things like they, I, I just really like how she played the character. And I like that she sort of was like this younger kind of contrast to Indiana Jones. So whenever she's on the screen with him and they're having these back and forths, I was entertained by that. I do think that her being there with him 
made this more interesting because like you kind of alluded to, Sterling, like you were alluding to, when we have familiar characters like Sala or Marion on the screen, the movie wasn't all that interested in doing much with them. So by default of that, you know, Phoebe was very pivotal in this movie because she's the one kind of that that gave Indy, she was the person that he had the most to reflect off of and bounce off of and stuff like that. And so she just feels really important to this. As far as carrying it as much as she did, but kind of like what you were saying, Sterling, I kind of had a similar feeling. This is not her movie, though. So, unfortunately, she's doing all of this good acting and stuff. And I like the character, but it felt like still I, I just was like, but this is not your movie. This is supposed to be Indiana Jones, but why am I enjoying you so much and not Indiana Jones? And so that was a problem. And it was just a problem this movie couldn't rectify. Like, all the scenes just sort of play out like that, unfortunately. Like, I'm getting a little bit of Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford is doing a respectable job, but just that magic that you used to feel, that swagger that he used to have, the 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 situations that young Indy could be in, and he's doing all of these different things to get out of it, I, I, I couldn't buy it with old Indiana Jones. I just feel like he would attack these problems a different way, not the same way that he would do when he was 40. I just don't, I can't, I just could not buy that. And so then by the time we get to the end of it, I agree. It was just sort of weird how we just dispatched our main bad guys so quickly. And then when he's in front of Archimedes and he's like, this is what I've always dreamed of. And this is what I've always wanted from my life is this. I was like, no, it isn't like, when was this, when was this all you wanted? Like what point? Yeah. I was, that was so weird to me when he said that, like, yeah, this is all I've ever wanted. And maybe it was him being dishonest with himself, or maybe it was, maybe that was bullshit and he was bullshitting himself. Like uh, maybe ultimately that was the point. And that's why he just gets knocked out and dragged back to his own universe. So maybe you could argue that was a point, but that was such a weird thing to have him be like, yeah, I want to stay because this is all I've ever wanted was to discover this and to stay with Archimedes that was just such a weird thing for Indiana Jones to say like I don't know I feel like that scene needed to be something they would have just been better off I would have just been better off him saying I want to stay here because there's nothing for me back at home anyway or there's nothing or you know I lost my kid I lost Marion there is nothing for me back there. I might as well just live out the rest of my days here and just die or something or, or being scared to go back and being like, what's really waiting for me when I go back? Look at this where uh, maybe if they made it about the fact that they had went through time 
And he was like, I just want to spend my last days knowing that I went through time, that, 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 that I journeyed through time. And I just want to live with that accomplishment because there's nothing for me back home. I don't know. I almost would have accepted anything other than, man, Archimedes is all I ever wanted. I don't know. That was just, I could not buy that at all. Yeah. And then whenever we did get back, um, and he's there with Marion, and they're sort of redoing or kind of paying homage to the first to Raiders of the Lost Ark when they did this scene of where does it hurt the elbow and the kissing and all of that stuff. And this time Indy does it to her. And I get that that was supposed to be like this heartfelt touching scene. But what upset me about it was the fact that Marion was not in this movie the whole time. Like we couldn't serve her better by having her in the movie or making her play a more pivotal role or anything like that. You wanted her out of the entire movie until that scene where you could play off nostalgia. And that felt so cheap and just by the numbers that, and it just upset me that I couldn't like that more, that I couldn't appreciate that more because all I could think was, man, you really just tried to use nostalgia as a fish hook, and I'm just not biting. I just couldn't bite. And so, other than that, I'll just say that at the end, when you see the hat and the whip hanging there, and it just sort of fades... And then you see him grab it at the last moment. Like I said, it just felt like a, just an uneventful goodbye to the character. I I just didn't feel like anything triumphant happened or anything kind of, I mean, and then it almost felt like a circle. We went in a circle with Crystal Skull because at the end of that movie, he found, he realizes that Marion is, what he really needs and his family is what he should care about. And he gets married and, you know, he realizes that, oh, this is the thing that I've, that's been missing that I need. And I feel like we went in a circle and we sort of did that again with Marion in this movie, but at least in crystal skull, she was in some of it. Like at least she was in it. Part of the adventure in this, it was just like, even less of her. So then when at the, when we get to the end and this is supposed to be the big payoff is he gets back with Mary and well, we'd already kind of seen that. So yeah, that's what, to me, that's one of the things I meant when I'm talking about how like the end of crystal skull and the end of this movie are so much the same. Like he learns the same lessons at the end of both of them. It's just some random MacGuffin bullshit leading up to it. It's just so weird. Yeah. And normally there's this lesson about like the the artifact in question. Normally Indy learns some bigger lesson about himself or about the fact that, you know, maybe this thing was better off being where it was or that you can't like the Ark of the Covenant. 
them wanting to open it and their greed. I mean, it disintegrated all of those people, all of those people that tried to open that Ark of the Covenant or like with the the Holy Grail in the Last Crusade, those people picking the wrong cup and, and doing this for the wrong reasons and ultimately dying because of whether it be because of traps or because they chose unwisely or their heart wasn't in the right place. You know, there were all these things about the the Holy Grail and, and the lesson learned that, that Indy learned about, you know, what's important is right here, my dad, my, you know, the, the, it just normally those things are just more effective and it usually has to do with whatever it is we're chasing. But it was weird that he didn't even really kind of learn that for himself. He was punched and knocked out and kind of forced to learn the lesson. And that's not Indiana Jones either. And then it was the same lesson. So it didn't feel new or fresh or fun or like, oh, man, or it. I don't know if this was supposed to be like a goodbye. How come that wasn't more emphasized in this? It just felt weird. All those decisions at the end just felt weird. And so that's why I feel like the movie is sort of like it tried to have its cake and eat it too. It wanted to end like some of the other Indiana Jones movies we've seen. And it wanted to kind of have that, but I feel like it shouldn't have been that. This is the last one. This man is older. This man has gone through a lot of stuff. I I just feel like our focus should have been elsewhere than trying to just be kind of sort of like what the other ones were. I think you had a chance to be a little different here because the character should be different at this point, but we just didn't, we were too afraid to play off that. And we were too busy. I think just trying to give us something too familiar. And I think maybe if you had been a little bolder and made a couple of different choices with the character, you you might've got me to care more and feel this goodbye more. And ultimately I just, it, it just sucks that I couldn't feel more for it. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much how I feel about it, too. Like, in the sense of, I think just in general, this movie is just trying so hard to be that thing that, you know, you remember from all the other movies and whatever else. And it's just, it never really quite gets there. And I think... That's why there's a big problem with this movie, too, is like with the character of Indiana Jones, so iconic, so legendary, uh, just one of the best characters that most people can think of, you know, Um, and I just feel like, yeah, he's kind of reduced to not much in this movie. (laughs) And what makes that what makes it so bad is. I don't I still don't know with this movie if that was supposed to be a character choice or not. Like, are they trying to say, you know, I'm old, I have nothing left, I'm giving up this, you know, I don't necessarily want to do this anymore, but I'm still interested in like the end game of it all. Or is it just 
you know, like because Harrison Ford is just old now, like he just couldn't do much more with whatever he was doing in this movie, you know, and that's just, that's not to be a knock on him because I mean, he's, he's a legend too. He's been around forever, like for real, (laughs) but you know, it's, it it just makes it hard when you're like, I, I can't tell if this is a writing problem or an acting problem. You know what I mean? And it, it could very easily be either one of those. Um, like, and, and the thing is my, the biggest problem for it with me is the Indiana Jones character. He's the one that I don't feel was written very well in this movie. And that's unfortunate. Cause like you've been saying, this is kind of like a send off for Indy, you know, it's his send off. It's his last thing. And it's just, it, yeah, it's not what you want. If this is the last movie that you're, gonna be in for this very very popular franchise of movies um and yeah I don't know because like I I feel like I kind of get the aspect of he's lost everything and he has nothing else to be excited about or live for anything like that and so he's just a very you know isolated curmudgeon old man <laughs> like I could see that being part of what this character is but at the same time like I feel like old Indiana Jones would still be similar to young Indiana Jones in the way of like his demeanor and his like swag that he has and like kind of you know what I mean like he just feels a lot more like serious and you know no life in him at this point in this movie but um, not to harp on that too much, but I think that's just really why this movie didn't fully click for me is because it's just it. The fact that all of us loved Phoebe Waller-Bridge in this more than we did Harrison Ford kind of says something about how the character is written in this movie. Like if we're being honest about it and it's unfortunate, you know, like you get a great new character brought in and, I didn't mind the other, the kid, I forget his name, but he was fine too. Like their dynamic together was fine, but you're right. He's not, he's not, um, the guy, the kid from temple of doom, you know, short round. Yeah. You know, so he's just, it's not the same. And yeah, it, it just makes it unfortunate because like there, you could see the potential of what they could have done with this. Um, but yeah, and even, like, the whole end part when he's, like, uh, yeah, like what you were saying, Jason, where he's, like, this is what I've always wanted or whatever he was saying. Like, what? If that was if that was the case, like, explain that more throughout this movie or give us something to believe that that's true other than just feeling like we're just trying to end this movie now. <laughs> like, I don't know what the... Yeah, it was weird. Like, even if they had played more with the whole idea of, like, you know, I can't really change what's happened in my past, but in this moment, I feel like this is where I want to just end it all. Something where it just feels like it makes more sense for why he wants to do it than what he gave us at the end there. And very anticlimactic. And also, I didn't really for a second think that he was actually going to die. Like, I just, I didn't really feel like there were the stakes of that. Like, even if it was the last movie, I guess maybe maybe for a millisecond, I was like, is he going to die in this movie? 
you know, but then you just think like, there's no way they're not going to, they're not going to send Indiana Jones off dying. Like that's just, they're not going to do that. Right. And it would have been so badass if they did though. (laughs) Right. If he just like grabbed the control of the planes, was like going down in flames, like fuck you Nazis. We all going down now. (laughs) You know, it would have been a more Indiana Jones like doctor taking you. Yeah, it would have been more Indiana Jones like behavior. <laughs> so you're right, it would. But I just was like, I guess because part of me felt like he wasn't actually at risk of dying in this movie. I guess it felt like kind of what we've talked about in other movies that there are just no stakes involved with that. Like, what are the stakes of this situation? Like, you know, I just I didn't feel like it was really there. I didn't feel like they were really going to take that risk. So, you know, and then it just, it's so short lived. Like it's very much like a, you blink and you miss that whole thing, you know? And, and she's like, all right, well, and, and I, I do like the fact that, um, Helena punched him, knocked him out and took him back because that was my first thought when he's like, no, I'm not going to go, but you have to go. My first thought was punch him in the face and make him go. Like, that's exactly what you should have done immediately when he was like, no, I'm not doing it and fighting you on it. Like, so I'm very glad that she did that. Cause I was like, that's what you got to do. If you want him to go back, you're going to have to knock him out. Cause he's a stubborn man and he's not going to do it himself. So, you know, but, but it's just the fact that it went from that whole, just, it's like, they're trying to have a whole moment with this whole, this is where I end things, you know, go back and leave me here. Like they're trying to have it be a big moment. And then like a minute later, it's not even a real moment (laughs) because he's not actually staying there and he's not actually going to die and whatever else. So it just felt like a very um, similar to what Sterling talks about with like Endgame or uh, Infinity War about all the people who die and then, you know, they're coming back. You know, it kind of feels like that type of thing where you're like, this isn't going to mean anything in just a few minutes here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it felt like a cheap emotional thing that they were trying to do. Um, I feel like the really, the best emotional moment that they had in this was when he's talking about his son in the war and how his son died. Like, I think that actually that was a good moment between them and a good scene when he's like, if I could go back, I would go back to tell my son not to go to the war and kind of the, you know, exposition that he has of explaining what happened to his son and what happened to him and Marion, you know, that was a good moment. I'll give him that. I did actually like that moment in the movie. Um, and I, I honestly liked the, (laughs) I liked the scene when he's, um, when they're in the plane, it's like the last, yeah, the last scene before they kill Mads, Mads Mikkelsen, like that whole plane scene when they're about to go down and they're trying to get out of the plane and they're about to fall out and, all of that. I liked that scene too. I think of the action scenes they had in this, that was probably my favorite because I don't feel like it was overly long. Like the other ones, (laughs) I feel like that was the right amount of an action scene and what it should have been. Um, Honestly, like you said, Jason, if they would have made that, that opener shorter, that would have been cool. That was, I mean, the concept of that and moments of that were really cool. It was just so long that I'm like, Oh, I feel like we just got dropped into the middle of this movie. Like what's happening right now? 
And that because it went on for so long, it makes you feel like, did I show up halfway through this movie? Is my movie time wrong? Like, what is this? You know what I mean? Because it's just such a long intro to in this whole thing. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's just the fact that, you know, there's the potential for it to be so much better than it was. And they they kind of it's almost like they gave up halfway through like they had the idea of it and they wanted to make it look cool and that's what they cared about more than following through on the character of indiana jones so that's that's kind of my biggest takeaway from what this movie was but um i mean again like i think that the the scenery of everything felt very indiana jones the beautiful shots they did all of that was good but the actual character of Indiana Jones didn't feel like Indiana Jones. And that's, that's going to be your biggest problem because this whole movie is supposed to be about sending him off properly. And they didn't, they didn't really do that. So yeah, I don't know. That's, I, that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. You know, this movie would have been a great tie in if like they did that whole thing of, you know how like uh, Toby Goodlittle's character in this was like an expert on the Archimedes phone book or whatever, and his dad was like an expert on the Holy Grail, and Marion's father was an expert on the Ark of the Covenant. It would be one thing if Indiana Jones throughout the movies, they hinted at or something that he was like an expert on Archimedes. Because then it would have been that full circle moment of like, yeah, his dad not wanting to leave or like, you know, the Holy Grail and all that shit. And, you know, like it would have tied into that obsession element so that that way, whenever he shows up and he's in front of Archimedes, he's like that whole line of this is what I've been for. Makes way more sense. <laughs> it would have meant more. Yeah. Yeah. Except for like, this is the first time anybody's mentioned Archimedes in five movies. Exactly. And all of a sudden, Indiana Jones is obsessed with this man. But, you know. Or even just like a, a quick scene of when it cuts to him, you know, in his what what would be his present day, you know, when he's in his apartment and if he's like just like obsessively researching something about it or something where you feel that tie into why this matters to him. You know, like when he's all upset at the guy downstairs playing the music too loud, like maybe he's in the middle of trying to study something and get something right. And the music was, that would have been better than just like he was asleep and it woke him up. You know, if, if we're trying to talk about the importance of this Archimedes thing to him, so that you're right, like just a small little thing added in like that could have changed everything. Like it wouldn't have felt so random at all if they had done just that one little thing, you know, like kind of like the uh, when we were talking about the evil dead movies and like just the one tie in of, you know, there's three books and each movie has like a different book that it's talking about, like just that one little tie in just made it be like this makes so much sense now, like how they're all connected in this world and this universe. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing for that in this movie. And the way the movie started off, he didn't even know what the dial was until it was mentioned to him. And he was like, what the hell is that? 
at the beginning of that mission, he was there trying to retrieve something else that they found out was a fake. I forget what the artifact was they were looking for. You're oh, right, the, the the lance. It's the lance of Christ. Pierced Christ. Yeah. 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 The lance that pierced Christ. So they were looking for that and he was like, it's fake. And then somebody was like, well, they've got this other thing, this dial. And he's like, what is that? What is a, what are you talking about? What is a dial? I don't even think he knew. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm right. I don't, I, I, whenever his friend first said, but they've got this other thing, they've got this dial thing. I don't remember him going, Oh, they have the, the, uh, you know, Archimedes dial or anything like that. I thought he said, what is that? Like, yeah. And and the sad thing is, is even if that's not the case, the problem is, is that by the end of the movie, because it's so fucking long, you don't remember if he knew what the Anox of the Moon was at the beginning of the, the movie. Yep. That's so true, because like I saw this movie yesterday and I don't remember. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah, I, I could have swore he didn't. I mean, I could be wrong, but I could have swore he didn't. Um, I, I, I could have swore his friend explained the importance to him. And then they were like, OK, we got to get that. We got to keep that from them. But, but because I remember his friend saying him saying something like, so what does it do? And he was like, well, um, it could something about he could it, it could make folds in time or it could make or it, it could discover. He said something about time. And I want to say Indiana Jones was like, what? Like, it can't do that, can it? I, I could have swore he did not know, but I could be wrong. I well, could yeah, because uh, Helena was the one telling him all about this. He's like, here's a, here's a whole thing that I have planned out of how this is going to work. Like, yeah. she, she seemed to be the one that knew more about anything than he did with this. Well, then it was also weird when she shows up in his class. And he's like, list all the great things that Archimedes did. And she's like, and he made the Ankylosaurus. And she's, he's like, yeah, exactly. How many fucking students do you have that know about that shit? Right. I mean, yeah. you know, they're just throwing the, you know, they're just throwing that name around throughout the entire fucking movie. Like, it's just a common word. They're like, hey, that Lance of Jesus is fake but this anthony michael hall is real (laughs) i'm just so i i was so confused by that and that not once not once in anywhere in this movie did they call it the dial of destiny not nowhere yeah yeah it's a it's they never call it that. they're never sitting there calling it the dial of destiny they're like it's archimedes this shit it's the the anthony mackie it's whatever they never once (laughs) call it the dial of destiny yeah, nope. they don't. They don't. And and, and I want to say he didn't even believe it could do that. I, I want to say at one point he was talking to Phoebe and said, well, that was the story. But I don't know. It was kind of a thing where he it was like he said, well, that's the story is he or somebody theorized that that could happen. But who knows if that could happen or not? You know, it just, it never felt like this was life's work or like he was like, oh, 
I'm so invested in this. I mean, they almost would have just been better off pulling a flash and him being like, look, if we could get back in time for this, maybe I could find out. Maybe if I stay with Archimedes, I could find out how to save my son or I could find out how to go back and talk to him one last time or I could try Mm, to fix, you know, even if they had done that where it was like, well, maybe I could just go back to another time and see my son one last time or some shit like that, maybe. Something meaningful. (laughs) Yeah, something that I would have believed he actually wanted. Yeah. You know, but but that, you know, because you're thinking, okay, you're towards the end of your life. You have something that allows you to go back in time. Well, you might want to try to fix something or you might want to see if you could see somebody one last time or you might want to you know captain america shit man i want to go back and see my son one last time or some shit like that even if he had said that i want to stay maybe there's time for me to do that or figure that out and her being like no you have to let that go and them fighting back and forth and then he gets punched or something i don't know (laughs) He just needed yeah. a better reason to stay than, oh, I'm all about Archimedes. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, something. yeah, I think like also, and I don't know what you said that reminded me of this, but uh, of all the unbelievable things in this movie, are we to believe that little Teddy, who's never flown a plane, is just killing it big yeah. time in the middle of a storm because <laughs> with that plane because earlier in the movie a guy told him how to do it while he was playing with some cardboard boxes you know right the same as flying a fucking plane sure yeah and also <laughs> what the fuck was the point of the guy that was just in the plane yeah they didn't even do anything with him after like yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no, there's zero point to have him there at all. He's just Steve at the end of the movie. Had as much, if not more, screen time than Antonio fucking Banderas. <laughs> right. He's just in this movie, living his best life. Yeah. And didn't even like wake up like until he was already in the air, pretty sure, right? The kid was already in the air and that's when he woke up. I'm like, what? Yeah, this plane is starting with him in it and he's just like. And also like, why is he sleeping in his plane? And I feel like if you are sleeping in your plane, you're going to immediately hear anybody who like opens a door to that plane. If you're sleeping in your plane, why aren't you locking the doors? This is true. Yeah. All of this. All of this. And this guy is just so nonplus about like he's just landing and there's Spartans and shit fucking going all ancient Greek fighting and shit. And he's just like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. This movie. Just the fitting send off of Indiana Jones and it just. I've never seen a franchise just whimper so hard. Like this movie might as well, you might as well call it the old yellow franchise because they put it out of its fucking misery. They took this dog behind the shed and shot it. Like that's what it felt like, bro. Like, the original no trilogy s- 
is just growing up with Old Yeller. Crystal Skull is it getting rabies, and this is when they finally shoot the dog. Yep. that That's basically what it is. It just felt so uneventful. No special credits at the end. No thank you for the people or no, like, clips of behind-the-scenes stuff from Raiders or Temple of Doom or, you know, I didn't get to see Steven Spielberg go action and the freaking boulder and some men are pushing a boulder, you know, behind the boulder pushing it so Indy can run or something or outtakes or from all of the previous films up to this one, like nothing at the end of that. It was just, I mean, that shit just faded to black and they just played the Indiana Jones theme, which I ain't going to lie. That theme is wonderful. That is one of the greatest themes in the history of cinema and, and probably music. But what was that? I mean, well, what kind of goodbye was this? I think even the American Pie movies have like just pictures of throughout the movies, you know, play in their end credits at the end of their franchise. Yeah. You couldn't just do stills from fucking Indiana Jones past. Yeah. Like just some, yeah, some, some silent photos and you all can't kinds have of stuff. Sean Connery chasing some doves with his umbrella. Or him throwing a Nazi off a blimp saying no ticket. God, that that's what I mentioned earlier when I said it has one of the most iconic lines <laughs> in cinema history is Indiana Jones Last Crusade when he throws that guy. Everybody's just staring at him and he goes, no ticket. Everybody's just like, oh, t- better get oh, my fucking uh, ticket. Yeah, we better get, we get my ticket out. <laughs> Matt, I fucking love that line. I think it's fucking fantastic. It's just a great little cap to that scene and all that shit. And they just have none of that shit. They don't have like him standing there with that staff from our uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. They don't have him, you know, being, you know, mind controlled and beating up a child. Like just none of the classic Indiana Jones moments. Yeah. Just nothing. And even if, like, if you're going to do the CGI memories and stuff like that, it would have been cool to see him doing something that we never saw in the movies. Like, if he's just, you know, sitting there talking to somebody and they're having this conversation about something. Or some, you know, one of the older characters, maybe he gets a phone call from that kid, uh, the w- w- the kid from uh, the second one, would you say short um, round? Short round. What what if like he got a call from him and they're just talking, and now that kid's grown up and we find out that he's a scientist or some shit? I don't know. Like, See, bring uh, you him just, back in this movie. I would have been okay with that. Like, you you could have just done so many fun things. And I felt like they they just did not do any of that. And, and, and the dude, that really sucks. That ending, that's the part about it that I just hate the most is just how it just ended. Well, one reason why he's not in this movie is because this movie was actually being shot around the same time. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once was being shot. Got so, it. Okay, fair he enough. He wasn't, you know, back in our collective memories yet. Oh, you know, okay. 
Um, yeah, if it was which, now, honestly, and they put him in it, shouldn't have man. mattered. They should have done it anyway. It didn't matter if he was being fa- if he was famous again or not. They still should have brought him back or tried to, or at least have him come back at the end of the movie. Yeah, you know something. Instead of Sala showing back up again at the end of the movie, why couldn't it have been short round? I think it would have been cool if, if like Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character somehow was like, had a connection with him or she's like, I know who can help us figure this thing out. And they go and it's him, you know, or something like that. But like I said, they, it just kind of shows that they weren't going to bring him back anyway. But like, you're telling me you still had like two years to fucking reshoot the ending real quick to where, you know, he shows up at the end. With his kids. Yeah. Yeah. And like, in, you know, and seeing they could be like, Uncle Indy, Uncle Indy. And he could, you know, and then it could be a nice little thing where, you know, he could be like, it's good to see your back before he goes out with the kids to get ice cream. Mm, yeah. You know, something like that. Like any number yeah. of things. But I think it's weird at the end whenever they're like, oh, he needs to grab the hat real quick. Because in my mind. He grabbed that hat just so they could fuck again. <laughs> that was like his liquid courage type of thing? Because, well, like, like, <laughs> like, why are you grabbing the hat when you're just in your apartment? Yeah. With your ex-wife? Because you was about yeah. to fuck. That's why he's grabbing the hat. Just saying. Marion's got a weird king for that hat. <laughs> Probably ingrained in her since, you know, he statutorily raped her when she was 15. He was 27. Just saying. Canonically speaking, that's how that goes. Mm. Really? Is that how old she was? Because when I was going back watching the first movie, she was like, I was just a kid. And I and then and I'm not gonna lie, I was sitting there going, wait a minute. How old was she? Canonically and speaking. I was thinking 17 or 18 or something. Canonically speaking, she was 15 and he was 27. Something like that. Oh, God. You. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And that was the age they compromised on because George Lucas wanted younger. He wanted Why? her to be like 13 because that was cool. Hmm. No, it wasn't. That's a direct quote. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> the, the sad thing is, is I'm not <laughs> lying. That's a direct quote. He was wow. like, I, you know, the quote was that like he wanted her to be 13 because that was cooler. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. No, I'm, I thought about it and I'm just not. The word cool is not coming to mind. Do you just love that they compromised on 15? They're like, okay. We'll be better about it. 15. <laughs> it's a different time. Oh, you boy. Know. Yeah. Yeah. The sad thing is, is I'm wondering if I'm young on indie. I might be young on him by saying he was 27. Mm. Okay. 
I was a little off. She was 15 when they started. He was only 25. Because she was uh, 17 when they broke up. And he was 27. That's where I got the 27 from. Sorry, my bad. Got those a little twisted. It was only 10 years. He was still, you know, an adult and she was still a child. But, you know. Mm. It's the magic of movies. It's unreal sometimes. Doesn't it make the end of this movie a little more awkward knowing that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Glad I can make that line whenever he was like, uh, whenever... Um, now that makes that line in it was in Crystal Skull when she was like, "Well, what happened with all those other women?" And he was like, "Well, the problem was none of them were you." Uh, and now that has a completely different meaning, and I am officially disgusted. Um, no, that you just love it. I what about like that. the subtext is none of them were you, a child. <laughs> oh. Uh, I was. I just said I forgot about that. I actually didn't even know that because you said it was in Crystal Skull. Yeah, I yeah. didn't see that. So that's you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where that line is said. See, you know what's even better about that with Heather is the fact that her version of this old Yeller tell is that old Lud, old Yeller is just great, and then they shoot him. <laughs> she doesn't even get that it got rabies. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. just shoot the dog. They just shoot the dog. Listen, okay. No, I'm just saying I think it's even funnier because you didn't even know the dog got rabies. Mm. Your version of old yeller is them just having good old times, good old times, shooting the dog behind the shed. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't know if that makes this any better, like. I know for you, you just blinked that he was 80 years old. I mean, you just <laughs> right, you didn't get to yeah. see that. You didn't get to see that transition. You didn't get to see him hide in a refrigerator from the oh, also from the atom f- bomb. All right, everybody wants to flip out about him hiding in the fridge next to a nuke. But how the fuck did he survive that bomb like four feet away from him in this movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That bomb is just next to him. And it's because why? He's hanging. Somehow being on a noose makes you bomb proof. That would (laughs) at least break all of your bones. It just blew up everything except him. (laughs) He was just all right. Just sitting there hanging around. Yeah, he just became that poster, just hanging in here. (laughs) You guys got any more thoughts about this fucking movie? No. Nah. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Cinema Slayers podcast on Facebook. Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Cinema Slayers Pod on TikTok, at Cinema Slayers Pod on YouTube. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends' family, tell your family's friends. Most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers, because dear sweet mothers love... 
You know, I was going to say Indiana Jones, but now I'm going to say Indiana Jones's hat. I was going to say Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge as well. They do love yes. her. Everyone should love her. Nobody loves Indy anymore. Hey, he's Phoebe Waller-Bridge with Indiana Jones's hat. People Ooh, love it. That sounds kind of kinky. Does she get the whip too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm totally. <laughs> very much digging that. I'm there. That's I'm what there. people love. For sure. <laughs> uh, shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Cho for our theme song and logos, respectively. Should have said this earlier, but give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Really help us out. Uh, just remember, here at the Cinema Slayers podcast, we were both pro-slut and pro-Sydney. We were also very much pro-shooting your dog behind the shed once it gets rabies. Only if it gets rabies, though. Metaphorically speaking. Of course. Or otherwise. <laughs> of course. Uh, and as I always in these TikToks, these YouTube videos, and this audio podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. I'm still on that 13. I'm still on that 13 years old. It's cool. His I'm whole just, life is just I different now. That. I can't. Yeah. Oh my God. You know what I'm surprised they did not reference in this movie? The idol swap or the boulder. Yeah. Why aren't you referencing that shit? Yeah. This movie. I'm glad I can ruin your day a little bit, though. <laughs> this is awful. I'm going to have to sleep on this. Jason is very, right. like, the whole demeanor right. of Jason changed when he heard that. I mean, how hard must it have been? Well, it's not like it's easy to be a child actor now, but God, how hard must it have been? During those times where it was just, where it was just commonplace. Oh, think about every single thing kids. that happened I to mean, Brooke Shields. Uh, they were like, "Hey, you're a child. Go run around this movie naked." I just, yeah, and yet people loved the golden age of Hollywood. You know, when Alfred Hitchcock was psychologically and physically sexually torturing a woman on film. Right. Oh, because she had the audacity to not fuck his little penguin ass. Oh, it's going to be tough to get some sleep tonight. I hate you. And then in turn, she tortured her whole family with that movie where her fucking child got almost eaten by a fucking lion. Mm. Shit's crazy. Hollywood is just nothing but general generational trauma after generational trauma. Pretty much. Yeah. 
See, why did you do this? Now I got to go to sleep on this. Burger King ain't open. I mean, well, there's no way that I can save myself. Yeah, go no get some Whataburger. Actually have good dreams. <laughs> oh, damn it. I set myself up for that. Ooh, especially right now, you can get a burger and a bob. Ooh. I do love the bob. Mm. You can get a burger and a bob. That's that's good dream city. Man, that's that man, that is so tempting. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. All right, I'm out.